This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. Time to make the donuts. Pleasure to have Justin Smith with us. Justin's an entomologist. Brendan Harris. Brendan was a professional baseball player. Joe Murray, who's a detective here in the city of Philadelphia. Time to go to work. Hey, folks, welcome back. I'm Peter Capelli. I'm Dan O'Mara. And you're in the Workplace Story, where we talk about things going on at work. And we have a segment, a regular segment, every time we remember to do it. And this is a segment where we talk about what it's like to do jobs that maybe you've heard of, but probably don't see a lot or perhaps don't have a lot of experience with. And we've absolutely got that today. Go to work with. Go to work with. And this is one uh, that for sure you probably never had experience with. And Kelly Lombard, who's here at the Wharton School, is with us to talk about his experience before this as a special ops bomb disposal expert in the U.S. Navy. Kelly, welcome. Thanks for having me. And let's ask, uh, maybe ask about your background First, were you one of those kids who liked to blow things up when you were a kid? Sure, I did. Uh, my mom did not <laughs> like me uh, doing that, so pretty limited on that background experience. Did you ever concoct any cool bombs? Because I must say, as a kid, we used to try to do this all the time, too. We would try, too, but uh, never actually succeeded until oh. I got into the Navy. Oh, that that's cool. Uh, that's cool, because you have all your fingers and everything, too. Still have like. them, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Hearing so, everything. Yeah. yeah, so let's talk about how you get into this line of work. What was your path that took you into this? Sure. I was at Villanova University studying mechanical engineering um the wars were going on this is about 2007 2008 okay uh, wanted to do my part to uh, serve the country okay. had this more technical background uh decided to join the rotc program at villanova mm-hmm. um kind of put my uh, expertise to use and found out about the bomb disposal program hmm. seemed like but before you went in the navy even Correct, just oh, okay. uh, through the ROTC program. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I figured uh, a lot of injuries at the time were uh, coming from these bombs overseas. Yep. Wanted to uh, do everything I could to, to help limit that. Okay, nice. Oh, interesting. So you went into the Navy. They were probably said, cool. They were happy to have you, probably, right? But, but you went in <laughs> knowing you wanted to deal with, with bomb disposal? Correct. Yes. So I had to volunteer for for that program specifically. Yeah. Is it uh, is it because there's some programs, I guess, in the Navy that are really popular, like uh, fighter pilot, I guess, really lots of people think they want to do that anyway. Is this one that uh, a lot of people want to do or is it one where people say, ew? I'm not sure I want to do that. I think it depends on the, the person, okay. uh, but it's a very self-selecting group. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people do actually apply for the program, mm-hmm. and then you go through about a year and a half to two-year selection process where, um, for better or for worse, that uh, initial group is whittled down to the, uh, okay. the few who can actually yeah. do the job. Well, what did your parents' uh, family say when you said, uh, I want to go into bomb disposal, Mom? Well, that was a... Uh, initially a tough conversation to have. I imagine. Um, she wasn't very happy initially, yeah. but uh, luckily came around to it once she saw the uh, the training uh, and just the quality of people that I was working with. So. Yeah. Well, so here's an a empirical question. Is it really if uh, much more dangerous uh, to do bomb disposal than it is to be, you know, a, a regular special ops person? I mean, the mortality rate, injury rate, does it differ very much? I wouldn't say it is... Um, over the last about 20 years that we've been at war, I think uh, where the danger comes in is the the training that we go through and just oh. the the hands-on experience with uh, hmm. with 
ordinance uh, mm-hmm. either at peacetime and at wartime. Oh, uh, okay. Any kind of mistake. So you likely uh, to be hurt during training as you are out in the field? Uh, potentially. Yeah. You know, I think that's true. Um, true for a lot of things. For most military things, like, like going out of maneuvers or something like that, you know, just moving that many people around with that much equipment, even if it wasn't the military, people get hurt a lot, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, training is always kind of dangerous. And, you know, the things that you guys are handling are slightly more dangerous yeah. than you might yeah. uh, expect in a law firm, for well, example. Well, um, in terms of a typical, uh, and maybe I'm getting ahead of ourselves, in terms of uh, uh, diffusing a bomb, do you have uh, robots do it? Uh, do you try to stay near? How, how often is it you're actually cutting the wires? Sure. As, as often as possible, you want to have a robot uh, yeah. take mm-hmm. care of the situation. Yeah. Uh, they're our best friend in the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it all depends on the situation that you find yourself in. Mm-hmm. You might be uh, dealing with a, a bomb underwater uh, where we don't uh, necessarily have the capability to, to get a yeah. robot to mm-hmm. or uh, – be working mm-hmm. with a Navy yep. SEAL team and not have the capability to carry a robot. Yeah. So yeah. it depends. But uh, anytime that you have the option to have a robot, uh, yeah. you'll do that. Okay. So we're going to for sure get into some of your experiences in the field with this. But maybe let's talk about training a little bit. So what does the training look like, the extent to which you can talk about it? Um, what's it, you know, what do you do to pr- in this, pr- you know, once you're into the specialist part, you know, the basic Navy stuff is over, special op stuff too, but then the bomb disposal, what's the training look like? Sure. So because we are part of the special operations community, uh, the initial uh, two to three months of training is just to weed out the people who physically uh, can't do the job. Okay. So a lot of swimming, running, uh, push-ups, sit-ups. Um, mm-hmm. And the people who can't make it, they uh, go away and find a new career. Mm-hmm. And then the people that are physically capable will move on to about a year of uh, bomb disposal training. Mm-hmm. But those mm-hmm. who don't make it leave the Navy entirely? No, the or, the Navy now has them. Okay. So okay. Uh, they find a different they, job. They add value in other non-bomb. Exactly. Positions. You know, just a, a quick anecdote on this. It used to be the case in the Navy that um, the submariner group uh, ended up being staffed to a great extent, by pilots who couldn't pass the eye tests. And then LASIK came in, and then suddenly everybody could pass the eye tests. And the group of people who ended up, you know, in what was the queue for being in submarines started to shrink because of that, yeah. right? Sort of interesting. So, yeah, there are some movement around here. So uh, back to the training here. So the bomb disposal training per se, how much of it is kind of classroom stuff? And if it's classroom, what kinds of things do they teach you there? Sure. It's about uh, half and half. Uh, You'll start with a new topic, um, you know, basic explosive devices. You'll do a a few days of classroom and Mm. theory on how they work. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the next few days you'll go out and actually put that into Mm -hmm. practice. So what are the uh, most dangerous kinds of explosives that folks would have any exposure to? I mean, are there things that you know, people could make uh, that are really, really dangerous, things you ought to be careful playing in your kitchen sort of thing, right? Sure. I think uh, if you're making those things in your kitchen, you should stop. <laughs> you should uh, say, right. A lot of that's very illegal, so uh, don't do that. But uh, most of the uh, very dangerous explosives are the homemade um, they are. explosive. Yeah, just really? because yeah. Uh, they're not putting in the correct uh, composition of chemicals. So ah. uh, a lot of what we see overseas are, are very yeah. volatile because... Uh, like what kinds of things? What kind of... Uh, homemade explosives, um, you know, specific... IEDs type, of all types. I, IEDs of all types. But the um, explosive material is is uh, dynamite or what's the typical stuff they use? Are they actually making the explosive 
mechanism per se? They are, yeah, yeah. for all yeah. different components. They're yeah. uh, they're very good at what they do. Yeah. Uh, the actual components, there's uh, a lot that they can put into it and mm. a lot of different types of explosives. Mm. Um, so you just have to watch out because uh, you don't know what they put into it. Okay. Well, Peter, don't forget, uh, tragically, Timothy McVeigh, a former uh, U.S. military guy, took out the uh, a building in Oklahoma City, I believe, with, with a truck full of manure and a little bit of catalyst. Fer- that fertilizer and fuel oil, right? Wasn't Correct. It? Yeah, yes. What you put together, yeah. Yeah, which is pretty scary stuff. So uh, some of it's theory. And then in the field, what kinds of things are you doing? I mean, they give you things to real bombs to try to undo? or Sure, just, absolutely. Oh, right? Yeah, really? so um, a lot of my background uh-huh. was uh, actually training foreign militaries to uh-huh. uh, to help okay. us mm-hmm. um, in, in overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but absolutely, our job is specifically to go in and take care of uh, an actual bomb, whether it be uh, in the road, uh in a house or, or actually mm-hmm. underwater as well. So I suppose you got steps in this. You first got to figure out where they are, right? And is it actually a bomb or something else? Can you tell us a little bit about uh, about that? Anything that's not secret? Are there things that you could just sort of see with your eyes that tell you, ooh, maybe you ought to pay attention over here? Sure. You know, generally, I think um, when you get called into a situation, <laughs> uh, the person who calls you they're not an expert in the uh, field, so they don't actually know what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. So broadly, you approach a problem like it's going to be dangerous, and then mm-hmm. you try to put it in a framework that uh, would make sense for the situation in the area. Mm-hmm. And then you just start a process of elimination, try to use a robot if uh, possible. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if not, do uh, approach the potential device and uh, gather as much information as you can um, before actually mm-hmm. touching anything. Is there a way to ever to scoop up the bombs, put them in something very contained, and set them off that way in a, in a way that doesn't hurt people? There are. Um, you see that a lot more in civilian um, mm. police department type bomb disposal. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, things that happen within uh, cities potentially. Overseas, we don't um, necessarily have the the capability to haul around that uh, kind of heavy okay. equipment. Okay, yeah, makes might, sense. <clears throat> might not matter so much either. Have to travel right? lighter. Yeah, don't exactly. have to go anywhere. Uh, folks, just a reminder: what we're doing this is in the workplace. We're talking with Kelly Lombard, who is here at the Wharton School now, but was a special op bomb disposal expert for the U.S. Navy. We're talking about what that work is like. Uh, and so, Kelly, maybe tell us a little bit about um, where you went outside the U.S. Uh, and. What countries you were in? What which wars were you in? Which of the which of the fields were you in? Sure. So on my first deployment, I was deployed to East Africa, mostly in oh. uh, Djibouti, Kenya, and another country called Burundi. Mm-hmm. Um, that deployment was uh, counter IED focused, but mm-hmm. mostly training foreign militaries to uh, help us in our mission in Somalia. Okay. So are, are IEDs, um, do regular military ever use those, or that's a sort of terrorist nomenclature? That would be a terrorist um, nomenclature. Okay. Uh, they're the improvised bombs. Yeah. Uh, U.S. military, we would use something that's more reliable and safer to handle. Right. So you spend some time doing that, some time looking at mines, I guess, you know, professionally built ones. What's the bigger challenge? Is it professional mines or is it these IEDs? So I'd say from a technical perspective, it's the uh, IEDs just because Mm. you don't know what is inside them. You don't know if how they're designed at all. Normally with the... um, a professionally designed uh, ordnance device, you would have some kind of uh, 
framework to put it in that mm-hmm. you would know how to basically go about addressing it. But with the, the improvised uh, device, you have no idea what you're getting into. So mm-hmm. you have to take all the safety precautions. Yeah. Uh, I guess it wasn't you deciding who you were going to train uh, within the foreign militaries, but there had to be a concern, was there, that the people you were training would in one way or another turn against uh, U.S. interests? You know, I think that's always a uh, concern, especially with this uh, specific topic of bomb disposal and how easy that information could get out. Uh, However, there are a lot of controls in place through the State Department and different regulations where everyone we train has to be uh, vetted. Yeah, and I've heard it said Osama bin Laden learned an awful lot when he was an Afghan freedom fighter from from the U.S. Yeah, probably right. Uh, So there probably are a lot of uh, stories in the lore of bomb disposal from the Second World War. And, you know, I think at some point there were stories about how, was it the Germans that used pigs to uh, go through minefields and something to see if you could figure out a way through? Um, Are there classic stories that they taught you folks about bomb disposal stuff? Great stories about them, historical ones or something? There's a few. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of our history does come from World War II, uh, specifically uh, this gentleman, Drafer Coffin, who started both our uh, program, the Mm. Bomb Disposal, and the Navy SEALs. uh, He's the father of both. Oh, so right, both. So um, Mm. pretty impressive guy and just Mm -hmm. the – you know, that whole industry of bomb disposal and how mm-hmm. um, the risks those uh, people mm-hmm. had to take back in the day. Yeah. Weren't they called uh, them sappers? Was that it? Or in the UK? Was that the term? Right. The in the UK, that is yeah. uh, the terminology. So is there a, a classic bomb disposal story or something from contemporary history, famous? You know, there's so many uh, <laughs> from, from the wars for, for better or for worse. Want to give us one? You got to. Trying to think. <laughs> I'll come back to that one. Okay, come okay. back to them. So back to uh, uh, to Africa. Uh, mainly, was it IEDs you were seeing there? So mostly, what we were seeing in uh, Somalia was IEDs. But okay. uh, my specific focus on that deployment was mostly on the uh, the training side because okay. I was uh, very junior at the time. Yeah. Uh, so on my second deployment to the Middle East and Afghanistan, I focused more on the. Uh, counter ID uh, okay. specifically. So let's talk about those. The IEDs that you were saying, we certainly hear about the ones um, in Iraq, that they were in the in the road most of the time, right? What were the common IEDs in Afghanistan? Correct. A lot of uh, road IEDs um, trying to target convoys okay. and, and stuff like that. Uh, however, they have been fighting this battle for, you know, 30 plus years now yeah. between us and the, and the Soviets. So uh, they run the full gamut of high tech uh, bombs to mm. very low tech, which can actually make it harder for us to detect every now and then. Low tech. Oh, because of the mixture? You think it's just going to be fancy and it turns out to be... Correct. Uh, mm. You know, I think throughout bomb disposal, it's a cat and mouse game between yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the bomb disposal technician and the, mm-hmm. the bomb maker. Yeah. So who can stay one step ahead of you? Yeah. But imagine you got some pretty decent intelligence from the other side or from, from the undercover or whatever the term would be on the other side to say, here's the new technology that's being yeah. pushed out by Iran or otherwise. I, I can't sorry. talk specifically <laughs> to, to that. Okay. But, I um, shouldn't ask you that. It's probably, well, nobody's listening. So it, yeah, don't, don't worry about it. It's hard. <laughs> I'll just say as a civilian, it's hard to imagine that yeah. with all the resources we have, that would be, that wouldn't be money well spent. Well, you for sure you would want to know, <clears throat> right, from the intelligence oh, yeah. folks what, what's going on. The there. next generation of products that i got to yeah, deal yeah, with. Sure. We have a very close uh, relationship with those people. With yeah. those folks, yeah. Now, so, did a lot of the IEDs, were they amenable to – uh, remote specific detonation. 
Yeah, they, they have a little uh, device in it they, that they they hit a button half somebody, a mile away and somebody they go watch, off. Is somebody watching and pushing the button? Or are these pressure sensitive or something? Sure. Like that? Uh, mostly in Afghanistan, what I saw was pressure sensitive. Oh, that right. way they could okay. kind of set like it land and forget mines, it. so to speak. Yeah, yeah so they exactly. like landmines, right? That way yeah. they uh, didn't have to hang out in the area waiting for yeah. the American yeah. troops to come yeah. around, unfortunately. Uh, but the, uh, the terrorist ones that attack civilians and things like that, they tend – am I right in thinking that they are not so much – road base that they are portable or something they're dropping them someplace right correct you see yeah. a lot of times in you know unfortunately in new york sometimes you know people yeah. either are, are wearing them or they they put them in a bag and a mm-hmm. lot of those are just to cause terror yeah. um but in the in the u.s the roads are you know normally all paved overseas it's very easy for them to get to, them to under. them yeah correct. that was the the boston marathon bomb was that on a timer do you know or was that remote detonated you know, I'm not uh, outside sure your jurisdiction. Yeah. It's the same thing you asked. So, can you tell us anything about one that experience that you had, or something you saw there, or something that wouldn't violate your oath, or something? You know, a bomb that you had to dispose, or something? Sure, we had um, some landmines that we had been seeing uh, all over that uh-huh. had actually been repurposed. They were. Uh, you know, from some kind of stockpile, I think the the Soviets had left over. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had gotten very good at uh, taking these apart. We knew mm-hmm. exactly what we were looking at. We come in one day, uh, think that we know the situation we're dealing with. Turns out the Taliban had been watching us uh, oh. as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, you mm-hmm. know, they picked up on on what we were doing and, and put some booby traps. Um, booby trap the bombs. Correct. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, just broadly, you always have to be... Uh, mm-hmm. Thinking mm-hmm. that people are watching you, yeah. how can you adjust your tactics? Yeah. So, you know, luckily, obviously, no one was hurt in that uh, uh-huh. scenario. But yeah. again, uh, you're always thankful to have robots and, and stuff like that just yeah. for. Yeah. Now, I would imagine you, you hear less in terms of domestic bombing, which I realize is outside your 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 primary area. You used to hear more about mail bombs in the 80s, 70s and 80s mm-hmm. than you do now. Uh, but I would guess the technology, if anything, to to, to do such horrible things has advanced. Is is it the case that the detection methods through the U.S. Postal Service or otherwise? So we're just happy to guess because we know yeah. you don't know. We're not looking for tips or anything. Yeah, not tips. Right. <laughs> yeah, I can't uh, speak to what yeah. they've actually done, but I know that uh, detection equipment has been, uh, you know, a large focus mm-hmm. of Department of Homeland Security, mm-hmm. um, and I know that that has uh, vastly improved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is it ever the case like Mission Impossible where you've got to decide whether to cut the red wire or the white wire? Does that ever happen? So, of course, the bomb makers always use like a black wire oh, they don't, uh, they for don't, all, all yeah. different ones. They don't so code, color code them. Oh. Very, very rarely. <laughs> they've but. seen Mission Impossible, Peter. How dumb do you think they are? I, I wish they did. It would make okay. my job yeah. a lot but, easier. But you're re- there are cases where you really do have to cut the wire. There are. A lot yeah. for... Um, not so much the improvised devices, yeah. but a lot of conventional military yeah. munitions. And is there ever doubt as to which one to cut, or you can kind of figure that out? Or you know, hopefully uh, your glasses aren't fogged up with all the mm. uh, you know sweat because uh-huh. you're about to cut a yeah. wire. But yeah. Um, yeah. Um, usually, you have a, a team around you that's kind of fact checking you. And they're not they're not they're not saying hey, Kelly, why don't you go in there? We'll we'll be waiting behind the wall here. Well, they're waiting behind the wall, but they're talking to you on the radio. <laughs> yeah, so. and there's probably ways to like FaceTime them in for lack of a better yeah, term, right? And uh, Sparky the robot comes up, and Sparky can cut wires and stuff like that. They're Potentially. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And how about the the latest thing we're hearing about now, which is drones coming in and dropping bombs, right? Uh, and this is, I guess, this has happened since you've been out. 
these. Is that right? Or? Sure. That was a, a tactic that started developing uh, just before I got out. So okay. um, it's definitely a huge threat, um, yeah. not only to the U.S. troops, but our allies overseas. Um, you know, again, going back to that uh, cat and mouse game, yeah. they're always trying yeah. to get stay one yeah. step ahead of us. And I guess the thing about those, the reason, tell me what your view is on this, is that uh, because they're cheap, you can just do tons and tons of them. Drones aren't very expensive. Yeah, delivery devices, absolutely. Right? And they can put. What do you think? They put like hand grenades on them or something, and that sort of bomb or something. You just they're impact related. Boom! They exactly fall. for yeah. for the most part, what, what you see hmm. uh, would be something very simple. Uh, a lot of these people don't have a you know a large background in how to uh, right. make their own bomb. So if right. they can find a, a grenade or something like that. Yeah. So let me ask you about Fourth uh, of July. We got just a little bit here. Do you? Uh, uh, blow stuff up on 4th of July? Or do people say, hey, Kelly, come on over here. You get called from your neighbors and things. I don't know. Does this look dangerous, Kelly? What do you think? <laughs> so I will say that uh, fireworks, I think, in the U.S. are the uh, largest cause of uh, yes, explosive-related injuries. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But I do like J- to partake. JPP thinks so. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I do like to partake in the, uh, in the setting exploding. them off. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, something about those six years in the Navy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's in my blood now. Yeah, I think so. And I I would imagine that you get a lot of uh, calls around the house, too, of people saying, yeah. you know, is this dangerous? And I imagine the answer is almost always yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is fascinating, I have to say. It really is. Very cool. You'll get some cool calls from Dan after this. Uh, thanks very much for being with us, Kelly. We're going to take a break right now and come back and talk about other stuff in just a minute. Hang in there. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 